Use quizzes, surveys, and questionnaires to explode your mailing list and sell more products. Find out how on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by LearnDash, the backbone of my membership area. Launch your next course on the right foot at CernMaster.com front slash LearnDash. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author, Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. Guys, before we get started, I just want to let you know that yes, I'm in my garden again. Even though this might date this podcast to a specific day, I'm not allowed to go past my front gate. My neighbors have a rooster that goes off all the time, and I'll do my best to repeat the lines whenever he crows, but there's only so much I can do when he's cockadoodle doing constantly. I thought they only made that noise at sunrise, but that is not true. There are at least three or four roosters within 20 meters of my garden, and since I'm not allowed to leave during this quarantine period, there's nothing I can do. I can't even go over there to complain and tell them to shut up the roosters. I'm not allowed to go past my front gate for at least two weeks and possibly a month. But today, if you can forgive me for the garden sounds, I've got something very exciting to talk about, which is the power of quizzes and surveys. Now, I recently ran a promotion about this very thing because the training I went through uh, is something I'm very excited about. It all started a few years ago, though. The first time I ever took a survey online, I took an IQ test. And what's really fascinating is how powerful these are. So I've taken several IQ tests throughout my life. I've taken one official one, and I've taken about three online. And the online ones, you go through this test, some are 10 questions, some are as much as 50. And at the end of your free IQ test, they say, we're compiling your answer right now, your results. We'll email them to you as soon as you're ready. What's your email address? Now, what's happened is called a yes ladder or an escalation ladder. They're taking advantage of something that's a powerful psychological force, which is called the fear of loss. See, we've invested time, energy, and effort into filling out this quiz. So now it's not a much further step to give our email address. Like Our choices are give my email address and or throw away all my work. And the fear of loss, the desire to not say we've wasted time, causes me to get my email address. And the first time I did this was in the 90s, early, early online days. I was still in high school, saw an ad on America Online for free IQ tests. And of course, a few years later, I ended up doing a full professional one. And guess what? The score was almost exactly the same. It was in 1% uh, variation. So I know my IQ, and I went into the test. I got the same result from a five-hour test and from a 10-minute online test. So it was very interesting. But that moment brought me on a journey that's taught me so much. And if you really want to learn about this process, the first place I learned about how surveys and quizzes work and how, why they're so effective and how they can be so powerful for growing your business is from the book Ask by Ryan Levesque. I recommend it. I recently did a big promotion with Ryan. I'm going through his new advanced program right now. And all the people who bought the program through my link get to go along with me, and get emails every week and progress reports. And so this podcast episode is actually kind of my first progress report that I want to share with you to give you my baseline. The reason that quizzes work so well is they're a tiny yes letter. A yes letter is you get someone to say something yes to something small, and each step it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you'll hear me talk about this all the time because it's a standard sales technique. It's very well known. It happens all the time. Every single used car salesman uses the exact same strategy. What do you think of this car color? Do you, it's really nice, isn't it? Yes. It's got four doors. Isn't it, isn't it great to have four doors? Yes. Open up the trunk. Look how big the trunk is. There's room to put lots of luggage in there. Wouldn't you say that that's a big trunk? Yes. Hey, let's drive the car for a minute. I'm going to turn on the radio. Look, it's got satellite radio. Isn't satellite radio a pretty cool feature? Yes. 
what they're doing is creating a pattern of you saying, yes, 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 yes. And each thing's a little bigger. Then they go, now you've seen the radio. Do you want to take this thing for a test drive? Yes. Okay. In order to take it for a test drive, I just need to make a photocopy of your license. So you don't Ferris Bueller with the car. Yes. That's a big step. I want you to think about that. Asking someone for their driver's license is a big deal. Other than police officers, we basically never hand over our driver's license. Maybe when you're at the airport and you're checking in, maybe at a hotel, but each of those is something you've paid for already. So it's a big ask. And then you drive the car around the block and now you're more and more invested. Now you've invested 30 minutes, 20 minutes with the car. So when they say, hey, let's go inside and just see what it would cost. They don't ask you to buy the car at first. When you go through this process, the first thing they do is, hey, let me talk to my manager and see what kind of discount I can give you. Can you wait for two minutes? Yes. And they look to see how long you wait before you get agitated. And then they come back because they know how much how tight you are on the line. Okay. If you start getting ready to leave after one minute, then they'll come after you. But if you sit there for 30 minutes wondering what they're doing when they're talking to the manager, they're probably watching a TV show on the manager's laptop. Then, then they come back and talk to you and they'll tell you, okay, this is the kind of discount we can get you. And then they say, oh, you know what? Actually, the hardest part of buying a car, it's moving your insurance from your old car to your new car. Let me find out. Let me just call your insurance company to find out what your new insurance would be. I'll do that for you and I'll find out. Oh, they find out. He goes, you know what? It'll be so easy. Let me switch the insurance for you since we've already done it. And I've seen this happen. It's not a technique I've done, but the trainer who taught me how to sell cars, that was something he did in a very specific story. He switched the insurance on someone's car with their permission, of course, before they'd even bought it. Now, you can still cancel, go back, but it's a lot of effort. Call your insurance company, go, no, no, switch me back. I didn't buy that car. Hassle, it's a little bit embarrassing. So of course you end up buying it. So powerful. Because once you go up the ladder, it starts to have a momentum of its own. And it's the same idea with quizzes. You're creating a lot of engagement. They're invested a lot of investment. They go, oh, I put in so much effort. I don't want to lose that effort. And there's a powerful desire in our brain. And the fear of loss is actually stronger than the desire for gain. And this can be exemplified by a simple example. If I was to give you $10 and then say, oh, you know what? I made a mistake. Can you give me five back? You'd be annoyed. If I just walk up and give you $5, you'd be like, oh, that's awesome. Thanks. And it's a different thing. And this is an experiment. I believe it's from Predictably Irrational by Dan Ariely where he conducted that specific experiment. And it's absolutely true. People are consistent. Even though we end up with the same result, we have a different feeling because of how we got there. Now, there are several different ways you can use surveys. Now we can see how powerful they are. And you can call them surveys or quizzes or polls where you ask people questions. And the first thing where you most often see them is in a quiz funnel or an opt-in form, especially if it's someone who's been to Ryan's program and you go to their homepage, they'll say, something specific, like what type of business is right for you? Or what type of product should you create? Or what type of exercise should you do? An example of this is, let's say you visit an exercise website that's running a quiz funnel and it'll say, okay, how would you rate your current level of condition? Olympic level, college athlete, work out three times a week, have it worked out in a month. Then the next question might ask, uh, there might be three quiz questions, right? And then say, okay, what's the goal? What do you want to do? Are you trying to add muscle, lose weight, increase endurance? Three questions. Next question in the survey. Are you a man or woman? Very reasonable. Men and women exercises are different. I know sometimes my trainers tell me there's no exercises that are different for men or women. And yet my trainer gives me and my wife totally different routines with totally different exercises. So there are some exercises that mostly women use and mostly men use. My wife doesn't want huge muscles like I do. We have different goals, right? So asking those questions, the reason they do that is then when they say, okay, we've got the perfect free guide for you. Just enter your email address and we'll send it to you. The guide is now specific. Instead of sending a generic PDF, that's a generic fitness, it's a weight loss guide for people who haven't worked out in a month, want to lose weight, and are men. Powerful messaging. That's part of it. 
So you get a more specific free gift. And I could do a survey funnel right now where I say, hey, what are you most interested in learning how to do? Podcast, blogging, this, that, affiliate marketing. Because, you know, I have lots of different free gifts that I've developed over the past few months that I'll put a lot of time into each one of them. And I send you the gift that most matches what you're looking for. And you might notice that I do that in emails. At the end of an email sequence, so if I send you a couple emails about podcasting, you, know, you know what, I notice you aren't interested in podcasts. You're not clicking a lot. Are you more interested in blogging, personal development, networking, or making just $1,000 this month right out the gate? What that allows me to do is pivot into sending you the right stuff. So it's the same type of questions. You see them and you'll encounter them as you spend more and more time on my website and interacting with me. The next part of this process, right, Passing the custom gift, the more advanced version is where you poll the audience. And I'm actually working on a process and I'll either do one of these right before or right after this audio comes out. But polling the audience is where you do it, what's called a deep dive survey. You want to find out where your audience is. And what you really want to find out is what the fanatics want the most. It's not about the most common answer. And this is something that Ryan was teaching on a live training he was doing with me last week. And I was taking notes just like I told everyone was on the live call. And he said, this was so powerful because he was reteaching me. Even though I've been through the process and been through his training before, it's always good to revitalize. And he said, what we look for at first when we don't know what we're doing is, to, is frequency. Which answer do we hear the most? But that's not what we want. We want the answer that has the most intensity. So if you do a survey for your audience and the most common answer is lose weight and then 10 people each write really long responses about playing with their children, that's the more powerful answer. My motivation for exercise is not looking attractive anymore. I'm past that phase of my life. I still want to look attractive, but I exercise every day. So I want to be strong enough to play with my kids. I want to spend more time with them. I want to be healthy. I want to live longer. When I was 18 in the gym, yeah, I just wanted to look good enough for someone to like me. So our motivations change and the deep dive survey will help us find this answer. So if you're wondering what product to make, if you're wondering what to teach, if you're wondering what to build, if you're wondering how to save your business, the survey can be so powerful and effective. Now, I'm honest. The reason this is on my mind is because I haven't run a deep dive survey in almost three years. I haven't done one in so long. And it's very possible. In fact, it's almost guaranteed that the answers will be totally different this time because it's been a few years. What we need, what we're responding to absolutely changed. My audience is much, much bigger and you're all different and you're a different place. Even though it's the same people, you're a different place now than you were three years ago. Part of the reason that I've been hesitating a deep dive survey is that I've been pivoting and pivoting and pivoting serving a master over the last few years, figuring out my direction. In fact, I've made big announcements and hired staff to build different versions of this business. About two years ago, I started doing really well with ghostwriting and I had a revelation and a strategy to build a business all around that to where I would start doing 50 books a month with a team of writers and editors all around me and bringing in staff and a whole strategy for closing sales. And there's a huge market for that. Other people are doing that business. And I was like, I'm going to stop all the serve no master jazz and just lean into these high ticket books because there's so much money in them. And if I can get to the point where I'm not the one writing them, then it's an infinitely scalable business. If I can get $20,000 a book and I do 10 books a month, that's $200,000 a month. That's a lot of money. Don't make the mistake of thinking that's not a lot of money to me because it absolutely is. That's a massive amount of money to me. And if I go all the way up to 50 books a month, million dollars a month. That's a lot of money. $12 million a year business. Whoa, that's a massive business. And it was heady. And I started moving that direction. I started trying to hire staff and put things in place, but it wasn't the right business model for me. And then I built a lot of products over the last few years. And I want to be super open with you guys so you can see the journey, not just the destination, not just where I've arrived at, how I got there. Along the way, I built a lot of products. I built about 50 courses and maybe a dozen blueprints. And I have about 30 more blueprints outlined. I actually just want to crank out more of them. I love creating blueprints. It's just hard because of the, the aspect of making my blueprints is it's very visual. 
I can't dictate a whole blueprint like I can at one of my bigger courses. I have to sit on the computer and add stuff, text in the page and edit it. And that's very hard for me because of my eyes. But I built all these courses and I did have a master plan, which was I would take people through all the different types of programs and people would find what is the right fit for them. Some people want a crafty course. Some people want to do blogging. Some people just want to do ghostwriting. Some people want to learn how to grow a podcast. And that's okay. And through a series of surveys, I would end up bouncing you around until we get the right program for you. And that's pretty good. And that built a pretty good business. And then at the end of last year, I had a revelation. I was like, I need something bigger. I need a flagship product. I began to build something. I actually wrote a new book about this called Project Hydra, which hopefully we'll be releasing this year, but everything is massively delayed right now. My, the book part of my company, everything to do with books is way behind because we've really focused on another part of the business, another part of the content creation. But that's all about my unified theory of business. So I have a flagship course and I didn't have a flagship for a long time. I just had a lot of courses. And so we've changed a lot of our approach to have cleaner messaging. Because waiting four months to see the product you want, that's too much. I don't want that to happen to people. So we are trying to do better and better with that process. So because I, it took me so long to get to this moment where I figured out my vision and where I was going, I didn't do a massive deep dive survey because I would get the wrong data. I would ask the wrong questions. And now I've figured it out. Now I have done surveys along the way, especially when I have ideas about a product. I'll go, oh guys, which of these products interest you? Or what are you trying to do next with your business? Or what's the next type of product you're looking for? And I end up creating products based on that. That has happened. But a deep dive survey is where I dig really deep. And the goal is to figure out who you are, where you're coming from, what you need, and what language you use to describe it, and what your biggest problem are. Because all that language will help me to communicate with you better and to give you what you need better. And this leads to the third thing, the third element of surveying, which is sorting and segmenting your audience. We can use those same survey questions and send people to different sales pages. Now, this is an important part. It doesn't mean creating 10 different versions of your product. You can sell the exact same product to different people using different language. An example is if you have a product that you can sell in America and Australia, you might use Australian English versus American English. And British English will also be different. And so you ask that question, oh, where in the world are you? And they answer the question and you show them a sales page that has the correct dialect. A great example of this is a website called The Truth About Abs by Mike Geary. It's one of the most popular and successful fitness products over the last decade. And if you go to the link, and I'll put a link below uh, this video so you can see what I'm talking about. And you go to Truth About Abs, and it says right away, are you man or woman? Now that version goes a little bit different because with a question that big, they'll show you two totally different videos, two totally different funnels, but they're still sending you the same product. It's still the same Truth About Abs ebook he's been selling for 10 years. But men and women absolutely respond to different language. We have different fitness goals. Me and my wife have very different fitness goals, even though we have the same trainer, train together, use similar programs. That's why we do different exercises. I work out every day, she works out three days a week, but we use the same program, but this different messaging can work on people. So you can segment your audience and then send them to the, a custom page for the exact same product. And there's a very good chance that you'll see more and more of that in my messaging because now I know where I'm going and I'm gonna start testing more of these funnels just to see, first of all, do I get higher conversion rates? And then second of all, do I get higher sales rates? So first you wanna see, and often, often, often the case, surveys generate much higher levels of opt-ins. You get more email addresses. And then when you send people through a segmentation funnel, they see a sales page that's more customized to them. So this is a more advanced iteration. This is something that there's a lot of reasons to do at the beginning of your process, but for me, it's something that I'm adding into it as I'm continuing to improve and refine my business and grow my business this year. The fourth type of survey or segmentation is something you have seen, I mentioned it a moment ago, is when you get an email that says, oh, you're not interested in what I just offered you. What would you like me to tell you about next? These are all automated. I'm always, always trying to write, tweak, and improve my email sequences to better meet your needs. It's not just about selling more stuff. Let's say 
You join a fitness website because you want to lose your belly. And the person you visit has 10 fitness programs, bigger arms, bigger back, make your neck look skinnier, tighten up your bum, strengthen your legs. And you're on their email list and only after you receive 48 emails do you get the first lose your belly email. Well, by then you've lost interest, right? If you've gotten 48 emails about something you're not interested in, what are the odds you open email 49 and it's something you are interested in? This is why I have a lot of pivots and a lot of really complicated logic and AI type logic and if thens within my email sequences because I want to send you the sequence you want the most as early as possible in our relationship. So if you join me and all you care about is podcasting, I want to send you my podcasting blog posts, my information about podcasting, my podcasting free gift, my podcasting blueprint, and my podcasting course as quickly as possible because not only will I make more money, you'll also have a better customer experience. It's a win-win. The beauty of this process is that it gets people to what they actually want faster. It's not about manipulation. It's not about psychological triggers and tricks and better copywriting to sell people stuff they don't want. No, it's a way to better sell people stuff that they actually want. Now, when you do a deep dive survey, when you go really deep with an audience and you get a massive survey, it's one of the best ways to write a sales letter. It's just a lot of grunt work. I've done it before in a process, so I know how to do it, but boy, it takes a lot of hours. And what you do is you create buckets. You figure out each of the different problems people have that could lead them to your product. And then you figure out how strong each of those things are. And you make sure you embed each of those different issues into your sales process so that people hear what resonates with them wherever they are in the process and use their exact language. You copy and paste things that they've said. People will give you the language you need to use in your sales letters. This is a great way. If you are struggling with copywriting, you can do a deep dive survey. You can run a survey and you just ask people questions like, what's the biggest problem you have? What's the number one thing holding you back from your goal? What's the biggest desire you have in this area of your life? And you'll just get these answers and that give you so much data. And then you just use people's language when you create your sales letter. It's a great way to become good at copywriting without using tactics and strategy and fancy creative thought. You don't have to do any of that because your audience will tell you what they need. So you can create something really, really powerful. Now, if you've ever been through a quiz funnel, you've ever gone through and experienced this process from the customer end, if you've ever experienced this as a customer, where you filled out a survey like I did with that very first IQ test I took in the 90s, put a thumbs up below this video on YouTube. And I'd love to know what it was about. Or even better, if you've seen one of those quiz surveys, you went through and answered a bunch of questions and you didn't give your email address, let me know. I'd love to know what those ones did wrong because your feedback means a lot to me. The more you leave comments below my YouTube videos before, the more you leave comments on my blog feed, then I know that people are listening. I really need to know because this is a lot of effort for me. It's a lot of process to go from idea to recording these episodes to getting them out the door. There's so much process a little bit overwhelming, but I want to get these out to you. It's so important to me. So I need that feedback. It helps me a lot. And I just want to know if I'm on the right path because we're constantly having discussions behind the scenes. Now that we've dropped from five episodes a week to one episode a week, which is physically manageable for me, the question constantly becomes, what's the best thing we should do? Should we do topics based on keyword research to find out what people are interested in? Should we do topics that I'm passionate about that I just want to talk about because it's what I'm interested in? How should we choose? So the feedback you give, it's another form of serving used to find out what you need and what you're responding to. And that's really, really important to us. So please realize that when you leave comments, when you leave feedback, all that stuff are things that we notice. If you are thinking about using a quiz in your business, I'd love to hear about it. If you have a quiz that you've created, if you have a quiz funnel or you're doing a deep dive survey, any of those things, please share them with me in the comments below. Oh my goodness, I would love to see those. I'll check those out. And of course, I wanna see how you are using quizzes to grow and accelerate your business, to build your email list and to make more sales. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. 
Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back next Tuesday with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you Tuesday. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode.